a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel. What in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Councilman Darren Layton. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk Radio points. Hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. You're listening to everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show uh, here with uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. And uh, today we're playing Bible B with Pastor Wolfmuller's arch nemesis, that is oh. Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer of dun, uh, dun, dun. Redeemer Lutheran Church in Los Alamos, <laughs> New Mexico. Welcome, Pastor Ketchelmeyer. Ah, well, thank you, Evan. It's good to be here. If uh, you would like to give us a call, it's 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-SOLA. And then uh, today, as I said, we're playing Bible Bee, and then we're going to play some Ten Commandments in the News. Uh, Awesome. So that's not... not Those are my favorite games, by the way. Big surprise. Okay. (laughs) We need to start off doing some buzzwords before we can bring Pastor Ketchemeyer in uh, to play some Bible Bee. Uh, All right. And my buzzword for you is pneumatology, or if you're a pastor wolf leader, it's panumatology. Panumatology. You got to pronounce the P, man. You can't. I think it's kind of letter discrimination to have all these silent letters. That's right. We don't want to be biased against any of the letters of the alphabet. Right. Right. Except P's there. Pronounce except for Q because it always has to be has to be with you. (laughs) <laughs> That's all right. Like, uh, you know, Gnosticism or the Psalms, you know? Right, right, right. Four yeah. letters. <laughs> all Are right. They, well, could you pass the knife? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I hurt my knee. <laughs> all right. Um, but you get to define this pneumatology. Oh, I didn't know how to do that. No, uh, pneumatology <laughs> is uh, in systematic theology the study uh, of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's when we talk about uh, the theology of the Holy Spirit and his work, uh, namely uh, to, uh, to, to to speak of Christ, to convict the world of uh, sin and righteousness and judgment. Uh, and so we always see that the Holy Spirit is working uh, to point to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit uh, never takes uh, glory for himself, never points to himself. And so it's funny, uh, isn't it, Pastor, that a lot of times people accuse Lutherans of, of never talking about the Holy Spirit, but because uh, Lutherans uh, preach, teach, confess uh, the work of Christ, then the Holy Spirit is doing its work. It's it's uh, That's right. always pointing to That's Jesus. Right. So, pneumatology. Right. We could accuse the Holy Spirit of not talking enough about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. And the Holy Spirit would say, guilty, because <laughs> I'm here, I'm delivering to you the words of Jesus. So, and his gifts and his victory. So. All right, my buzzword for you is the word clarity. 
clarity, which is an attribute of the Holy Scriptures. So, we, uh, you know, we have a, a Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So the Lord's word sp- uh, is its own light. It has its own clarity about it. Now, most of the most churches deny the clarity of the Scriptures, and so you need an authoritative inter- interpretation. Uh, or the internal light of the Holy Spirit, or whatever it is. We we confess, though, the clarity of the Scriptures, that the Scriptures are clear. Uh, it doesn't mean they're easy to understand. Uh, we understand the difficult passages in light of the clear passages, etc. And it sometimes works to get to the intended meaning that the Holy Spirit and the and the prophets and apostles meant. But still, the, the Scriptures themselves have an in- intrinsic clarity. So that's my buzzword for you. All right, I will do my best to get that in during the course of this program and obtain 500 points by doing so. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's time for Bible B. The way Bible B works is uh, we have uh, two contestants, Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer and Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, and uh, they there's three and rounds. And then you give Pastor Ketchelmeyer ridiculously easy verses and me ridiculously difficult that verses. That is not true at all. <laughs> uh, you get and, then, and then you rejoice at how I never, ever seem to win this game, ever. <laughs> uh, I think a couple oh, weeks boy. ago we were playing with Carlos Hernandez, and uh, you got pretty close, uh, only oh, because I happened to pick verses of which you were just talking about in Bible study. Oh, that was <laughs> luck of the draw there. Um, <laughs> but the way Bible B works three. is there's three oh. rounds. In the first round, I give the contestant three verses, uh, and uh, they have these three verses to identify which book of the Bible it is located in. And then uh, in, the, in the second round, they get one verse from somewhere from the Holy Scriptures and uh, must identify which book of the Bible. In the last verse, they get one word uh, and, and must identify where that's from. Uh, so that's the way Bible B works. There's also a law gospel element to it. Um, let's have, should we have Pastor Ketchemeyer explain the rules to the law gospel section? Uh, how is it yeah. that we analyze the law gospel portion of this game, Pastor Ketchemeyer? Well, when we look at these passages, we want to see what the primary message is to the listener, the disciple, the hearer. And it is the primary message here one of law that shows you what you ought to do and then condemns you for not doing it? Or is the primary message for the listener uh, gospel, showing you what God has done in Christ to establish his righteousness imputed and counted towards you and your sins being forgiven? So you, you want to look at what the, the primary message is to the disciple the listener of the words of Jesus. That is correct. So that's how the game Bible B works. I and thought you were going to give him points for that explanation, too. He deserves Man. it, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, let him uh, continue on with this game. So first round, then, is three verses, and the first contestant is uh, Pastor Ketchelmeyer. Pastor Ketchelmeyer, are you ready for your first round? Uh, sure am. Let's oh. go. Okay, here it is. It is this. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And said, and, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what must we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. This is, this is a wonderful passage, and uh, we find this in the New Testament. After the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of our Lord, as he sends the apostles out to preach, and so you see in the book of Acts, 
where the apostles are preaching the gospel. And so when you have a reference of Peter proclaiming this good news of the salvation that we have in Christ and those who are hearing uh, want to know what's taking place, we, we know that this is in the book of Acts, which records these events. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, Evan, I would say that's where this specific uh, sermon from Peter is recorded and, of course, the wonderful teaching about the gift in holy baptism. So Acts chapter 2. That is correct. So that's 100 Whoa. points uh, for oh. getting that round. And now it's time for the law gospel question for an additional 200 points. Yeah, and again, what we have here is this message to those who are listening and this message of good news that there's salvation in Christ alone and this this wonderful gift of baptism so that repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that you'll have this promise of salvation and baptism. So this is a wonderful gospel passage. And that's right. Gospel it is. So another 200 points. The score so far is Pastor Ketchemeyer with 300 points. <laughs> Pastor Wolf Miller was zero, uh, but uh, don't worry, he'll get his first <laughs> oh, don't chance. Worry. I'm sure I'm going to get another passage from Acts. <laughs> yep. uh, likely, <laughs> likely. Well, before we go on, though, Pastor Ketchemeyer, uh, I see I see a few things that we stop and talk about uh, in this passage. Um, may, maybe one of them that that uh, Peter says that this uh, gift of baptism uh, is for you and your children, all who are far off. Uh, so uh, should we then take that uh, as we? Uh, do in the church today that baptism is not only for those of a certain age, but but for all, for children and all who are far off. Yeah, th this is one of these uh, interesting things that you find in the Old Testament scriptures, where circumcision is given to Abraham as a sign of the the covenant with God, and it is it is exclusive in the sense that it's only given for males. It's given for infants. Uh, uh, male infants and uh, male uh, boys, adults, and it's exclusive in that sense. In the New Testament, when Christ institutes baptism as a gift, there are no exclusions so that we are to baptize all nations, whether they are male or whether they are female, whether they are adult or whether they are children. So there's no exclusions in baptism. And so in this text, you see this wonderful thing that this is this is given for you and for your children. A very clear text on this, that we are to baptize infants. All right, and maybe one more here. Um, uh, it says that uh, repent, each of you, each of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and it says for the forgiveness of your sins. Is that uh, telling us that that baptism is actually for the forgiveness of sins? What, what's really uh, great about this is in this same passage in Acts chapter two, where you have Peter quoting from the Old Testament, saying that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so he gives this in his sermon, and then when people are cut to the heart after hearing this, that the Holy Spirit is doing his work, how does one call upon the name of the Lord? Well, the answer is in holy baptism, and be baptized in the name of the Lord. And so in baptism, you have the promise of the gift of God's name. You're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you have this wonderful promise of salvation and baptism that God has, through Christ, brought to you salvation. And this gift is bestowed upon you in baptism. So it's for the forgiveness of sins because God and sin are reconciled. So right. it's a wonderful promise. There. All right. That's all the time we have in this first segment of Table Talk. We're ready to be right back and continue Bible B with Pastor Wolf Miller and Brian Katzenberg. Don't worry. Away. Coming after you. <laughs> Acts and Romans, first and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, 
You tuned in at the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We yeah, are playing Jason Mraz bumps. I like that. You like that? That's got a nice groove to it. <laughs> I'm trying to distract you with uh, <laughs> catchy bumper music uh, from playing Bible Bee. <laughs> I like the bumper music and the liners we got. It's the best part of the show, you know? <laughs> we were talking during the break that the, the, the liners are the only reason Pastor Wolfmiller actually does the show. <laughs> I know. I can't. What li- new liners does Evan have? It's great. Yeah, if, if Pastor Wolfmiller is not mildly entertained, he won't stay through the duration of the program. <laughs> right. I'm here to be entertained, you know? I, I mean, it's... I want a I want a catchy relevant radio show, or else I'm not going <laughs> to oh, co-host. Oh, you it. found it. Oh, for sure, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> okay, oh, well, man. the score is Pastor Ketchumar with 100 points and Pastor Wolfmiller zero. Uh, but in all I, fairness, I have to actually correct that because Pastor Ketchumar does get an extra 200 for his law gospel explanation of the text. <laughs> that must have hurt to correct. No, to correct no, I'm not that. afraid. I'm I'm sure I'm going to get these. Sure. That's right. Okay, so so Pastor uh, Ketchemeyer correctly identified that passage as gospel, delivering the gifts of the forgiveness of sins through baptism, and so uh, that's another 200 points for Pastor Ketchemeyer. And uh, now it's uh, Pastor Wolfmiller's turn for Bible B. Are you ready? Sure. All right. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took up their regular uh, positions and subscribed in the law of Moses, the man of God, uh, as as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood handed to them by the Levites. Since many of the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lamb for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate their lambs to the Lord. Oh, man. All right, so this is a celebration of the Passover. Now, um, uh, the, this was instituted by God in when the children of Israel are in Egypt, and he institutes the Passover, which is the killing of the lamb on the 14th of Nisan, the month of Nisan, and the killing of the lamb. And this first Passover, the blood of the lamb is put over the door, and the angel, uh, which is go, the destroying angel, which is going around um, killing all the firstborn, doesn't come. To the to the homes of those that had celebrated the Passover, and then they go in the Exodus, etc. Uh, now this becomes a perpetual institution in the Old Testament, under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, uh, the celebration of Passover. But it was oftentimes neglected. So um, the, this uh, the, the, there there could be three times that I think this text could be because you have in if I remember right, you have in uh, Moses recounting the celebration of the first Passover. Uh, in the wilderness, when the people of Mount Sinai are, or the people of Israel are out there at Mount Sinai for two years when they were getting the uh, the law, and they kind of stay there for a while, and they celebrate the Passover twice. So it could be in there, and that would probably be, um, that would, I don't know, Exodus or Numbers, because uh, they arrive at the mountain in Exodus and leave in Numbers. Um, but there's also two great reforms of the Passover under the kings of the southern kingdom, 
uh, if I remember right, Hezek, um, oh, who are these two kings, Brad? Uh, it can help me out here. Hezekiah, I believe, has a great Passover reform. And also, uh, is it Josiah? Anyways, uh, these two great kings that have these Passover reforms. Um, was there a mention? Can I, I, wanna, I should have been listening for one word. Was there any mention of David in the text? Was the word David mentioned? You weren't listening? This is kind of important. To this. I know. Well, I was listening. I, I did not uh, use the word David in this in this passage, because that would certainly date it, of course, into the later. But I think still this is going to be these later reforms, which would be uh, talked about. Now, the, it's going to be then especially the um, the kind of the proprium of the chroniclers to talk about the the reforms in the temple, as opposed to the other to the history. Remember, we have a uh, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, and and that is recapitulated in First and Second Chronicles, but Chronicles is really going to focus in a lot on the worship reform. So I, I'm going to think, I'm going to guess that this is, um, uh, that this is going to be Second Chronicles. Are you sure? Yes, that's my final answer. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, but the real question, the real question is, can you get law and or gospel on this? this, So this is, uh, I mean, so, well, this is, I mean, this would be both law and gospel, because see, what's going on here is the people had neglected these statutes. The, The reason why the Lord gave the feasts and the worship of the temple and the sacrifices and everything like this is to point to the ultimate sacrifice, which is the death of our Lord Jesus. And we see especially in the Passover that so that Paul makes this direct connection when he says uh, to the Corinthians, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. That's on the Easter epistle. Uh, so that uh, so that Christ is our Passover lamb. He, his, his, uh, the, when he gives the New Testament of the, the Lord's Supper, when he's sacrificed, it's all in the context even of the celebration of the Passover in Jerusalem. So the Passover itself um, is gospel. Now, w- w- the, but you, what you see is that in the Old Testament, the, these the gospel, the ministry of the gospel, was neglected in severe ways by the people that it was supposed to have been brought forth by the priests, etc., etc. So the the kings really had to come in and with a bit of severity enforce these sorts of things. But the essence of this uh, uh, of the this these words here would be the gospel, the the celebration of the Passover, and the joy that that brings, knowing that the that God's appointed lamb will be sacrificed and die instead of me dying. So, so right. uh, law and gospel, but mostly gospel. All right. That is 200 points then. Uh, and the score is all tied up 300 to 300. Yeah, I to- I'm bringing it today. I'm bringing it. I didn't know you were bringing your A game. I would have picked hard ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, it's then time for round two. Uh, for Pastor Ketchemeyer, again, uh, in round two, you get just one verse to identify which book of the Bible it appears. And your entry for round two, Pastor Ketchemeyer, is this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Oh, make sure you don't pick verses from the catechism. <laughs> well, thanks for that helpful insight. Uh, since we know that it comes from the catechism, it's talking about baptism. This would be one of the two passages that uh, Luther will use in the catechism about the institution of baptism. 
Uh, one, of course, being at the end of Matthew's gospel, and this one being at the end of Mark's gospel. Uh, that promise that the one who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, the, again, the wonderful gift of baptism that we have, assuring us, giving us certainty of eternal life. So it's the, the last chapter of Mark. That it, you even got chap- Do you get extra points for chapter? Uh, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't this time. Um, that is correct. Uh, Mark 16, verse 16 is where this is. All right, now I'm going to send it to you for law and or gospel. Yes. Well, if, if I remember correct, you actually spoke about two of these things. The first half of that says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So, of course, it's a wonderful gospel promise and passage assuring us of baptism, giving us that promise that we have salvation. But then the other half of that says, he who does not believe uh, will be condemned. Of course, it can't be gospel. I think that you spoke both halves of that. Is that correct, Evan? Yes, I did. Yeah, so that second half obviously is not gospel. That's a terrible news that if you do not believe this, you do not have what's given. Uh, so that's a, that's a, a, a very strict law, uh, saying that uh, the gift is given, and if you do not believe it, you do not have it, uh, which is a terrible thing to even uh, comprehend. All right, that is correct for another uh, see 200 points for getting the book, and 300 for, or another 200, sorry, uh, for getting law and or gospel. So that's another 400. Uh, this verse, by points. the way, is very helpful when you're when you're talking with someone who who would reject, for example, the Lord's gift of baptism, and just to bring this text out and to say, at, at, that this text means that baptism at least has something to do with salvation. I mean, after all, it says, "He who believes and is baptized shall be saved." It doesn't say, "He who believes shall be saved." He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So, baptism has something. To, so that those who would see baptism as mere ordinance and uh, and and completely disconnected from justification, uh, have to come to grips with this text, uh, clearly with this text and, and what it says. Okay. Um, very good, Patrick. Just trying Kenshire. to get a few extra points in there. For Not, working. <laughs> Not working. Not um, working. But I, I know a way you could get points. Yeah? You could uh, correctly identify this next passage. All right, all right. I'm ready. <laughs> as soon as I uh, pull it open here. Another catechism text, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm all I'm all about teaching the catechism verses. <laughs> okay, good, well good. We, we have about a minute here, so if you uh, uh, don't get it, then maybe we can uh, do it on the other side. But uh, uh, here it is: Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. I like how uh, uh, both verses started with the word whoever. I like the connection. <laughs> um, this sounds an awful lot. I mean, this is kind of some practical advice. Is Look, if you've got your head in the clouds, you're not going to be uh, doing the work of your vocation, especially if you're a farmer. Uh, you've got to look down at the, at the dirt. You know, if you're, if you're just kind of sitting there daydreaming or whatever, you're not going to be uh, putting your hand to the sickle. Uh, so this sounds a lot like uh, wisdom literature to me. Um, you know, these books of the Bible that come in the middle, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and this sort of thing. 
Uh, so I'm gonna try to I'll try to narrow it down between one of those two uh, over the break when we come back. You're gonna pull out a concordance during this break and. and we'll get... <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio in this next segment. We'll uh, finish up Bible B um, and then continue on with Tink Man to the News and our casual apologetics conversation game. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Makes me wanna sing. Do the bop, do the bop. Come on. Table Talk Radio. The answer is always the gospel. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. That is the verse before Pastor Wolf Miller for Bible B. Yeah, this I, look. <laughs> I mean, I I think uh, is that by the way, werewolves of London that you're bumping in with. Uh, did you know that I was going to have a news story about zombies? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I think you've said that two or three times now. <laughs> I don't know. How did you know for planning the bump music? That's I what I want to know. <laughs> you know what? Werewolves we, and zombies. You know what we should do. <laughs> You al- they're related. You always incorrectly identify the artist of the bump music. I mean, it's just, it's just hilarious <laughs> how wrong you are on this. So we should deduct points for every time you... It's uh, not Werewolves of London, though? No, no, no. It's the guy that does that. I don't have it in front of me. It's the guy that does that summer song that everybody likes, but you don't. You like the the remake that Disney put oh, together. Oh, yeah. Like I like the Disney remix. <laughs> I always like the Disney remixes. That's all I ever listen to in the car with my kids. Oh, brother. All right. I think it's because uh, the Katchemeyers got our kids like a Hannah Montana CD or something for a birthday present. Uh, thanks a lot there, Pastor Katchemeyer. Now, okay, so I'm working with this text. If you look at the clouds, you don't reap. If you look at the sky, you don't sow. Or back Backwards there. Um, and, and wisdom literature, it's going to be, I mean, it really sounds like Proverbs or maybe perhaps Ecclesiastes, but, but Proverbs, it's giving this good wisdom. It doesn't have the kind of vanity, emptiness sense that Ecclesiastes has. So it sounds an awful lot like Proverbs, but I'm just trying to, I'm a little cautious. I'm like an animal that's sniffing around the bait because you're normally trying to trick me with these things, you know, set some sort of trap. I am concerned about your well-being of Table Talk Radio points. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say Proverbs. I'm sorry. It's Ecclesiastes. Ah! Oh, man. Oh, brother. It's Ecclesiastes 11.4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Ah, So close. (laughs) Okay, so is this law and or gospel? This is is law. I mean, it talks about... I mean, it's basically... um, It's speaking against the sin of, of, of laziness, if you will. I mean... Uh, that we that we would consider our vocations and get after it. Uh, laziness comes under, I mean, it comes under a couple a couple different commandments, but especially the seventh commandment, uh, "You shall not steal." Um, that we, uh, especially when we're working for someone, something like this, that we um, we we when someone is buying our time, we owe to them our effort, etc. So uh, so this would be a text of law and uh, and a bit of practical advice too. I mean. Look at if you if you're looking at the sky, you're never. Whoa, hello! You're never gonna have any food. So, oh, right. there you go. That's right. What is that? 
I don't know. Are Patrick Ketchermeyer's getting a phone call. Are, are UFOs landing in, in Hope Aurora? <laughs> you better call the zombie team out. Quick, quick, get him a verse now while he's got to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that meant your time was up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I, isn't it true that it's impossible to get points for law and or gospel if you didn't correctly identify where yeah, the verse is? Yeah, that's one of your little trick rules. All yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, Pastor Ketchemeyer, um, I have I have a, a, a one-word clue for you, and this actually appears two, uh, in two books of the entire Bible, so you have a double opportunity here to get this right. Uh, but uh, your one-word clue is in the form of a name, and that name is oh. Lazarus. Oh, man. Oh, come on. Ugh. <laughs> Lazarus. That's a name I haven't heard in quite some yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that's uh, that, that's interesting because there was a fellow by the name of Lazarus in uh, in the Gospel according to Saint John. Uh, he had a couple of sisters, <laughs> Mary and Martha, and uh, he 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 uh, he had died, and uh, Jesus brought him back from the dead. Is this is this the Gospel according to Saint John? Uh, this is your other option. Hey, now, now, hey, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get, uh, can I? I'll, I'll take that one word clue also for round three, and I'll do the other option. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. That's up to Pastor, your, your challenger, Pastor Ketchumar, uh, or you, So would you like that, or would you like the word that I have chosen for Pastor Wolfman? Well, I would actually like to see what word you had chosen for. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I think brother. it would be fair to offer double points to Pastor Ketchumar if you can identify the other book of the book. Oh. Oh, I, here, here's what I'll do. I'll give uh, the good Pastor Wolf Miller a, a chance to get extra credit. So if he can identify the other book, well, let's give it to him. Okay. So, yeah, so the other one would be when Jesus tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man, right? And so that would be in the Gospel of Luke. Correct. Uh, when Lazarus and, and the rich man both die and Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom and the rich man goes to... Uh, uh, to hell, to Hades, uh, uh, and they have that conversation back and forth. And, and Jesus, this marvelous thing, uh, the the rich man says, "Send Lazarus back to warn my, uh, uh, to warn my brothers, so they don't come to this same place." And and he says, "If they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them." Oh, it's a marvelous text. That's true. Um, so I will give you one extra credit point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pastor Ketchemeyer. Uh, would uh, the the text that you were talking about the the raising of Lazarus from the dead would that be law and or gospel? Oh, this uh, this Evan is a wonderful uh, gospel uh, reality. This picture that Jesus that gives before the eyes of the people that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Uh, and the one who believes in him, even though he dies, he shall live. And so Jesus shows that he gives life by doing this, which, of course, gives us that wonderful gospel promise. And when Jesus dies, he raises just like he said. And we know that Jesus does this in these miracles, restoring creation to the way it should have been, where we don't die, but we live forever in fellowship with God. And so this is a wonderful gospel passage. That is correct. So that brings Pastor Ketchumar up to... Uh, 1,200 points, and Pastor oh. Wolfman with 301. Oh, <laughs> you know, I can't close the gap now. I, it's impossible. I, I, I feel bad. Yeah, know, I know you do. I, I know. I can, I can hear it in your what, voice. I'll help you out. Uh, in this next round, we'll, we'll, 
we'll make it easier for you, and we'll just switch to the New Testament, okay? So all right, we'll play all right, New just... Testament B. Um, and your <laughs> your one word is pestilence. Pestilence? Yep. Pestilence. <laughs> Isn't that in Revelation? The pestilence that comes? Where, where else could that be? Pestilence. Seems like I've had that as a clue in this game before. Pestilence. <laughs> and it wasn't. I th- you know, the, the, all these plagues and everything in Revelation is what I'm thinking about. Um, I, I don't know if it could be somehow connected to the miracles of Jesus, if there was a... Um, or the book of Acts. It's got to be... It's got to be... A, no, it's, it's really got to be... Um, uh, book of Revelation. I'm going to say Revelation. Revelation? Um, well, that depends on which tra- translation of the Bible you're using. Which translation would you like to guess in? Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, if you're using the New American Standard Bible, it does appear in Revelation 2. All right. And I will kill her children with pestilence. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and will give to each each one of you according to your deeds. Whoa. Okay, so there's that law and our gospel. Well, that's the Lord's uh, warning coming in judgment. You know, these letters to the seven churches have both warning and promise. So that's the warning section. So that's law. That is law. That brings the final score. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, there's 801 points. Pastor Ketchmeyer's 1,200. Congratulations to Pastor Ketchmeyer, the winner of today's Table Talk Radio's Bible Beat. Ecclesiastes always gets me. <laughs> All right, so we're going to let you go, Pastor Ketchmeyer. Thanks again for playing Bible Beat on Table Talk Radio. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks, Pastor. Good to have you. Yeah, have a good yeah. day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, for the remainder of this segment of Table Talk Radio, we are going to be uh, playing Ten Commandments in the News, and uh, this is also where we have mixed with our casual apologetics conversation game. Uh, so, uh, what, what segment are we in, by the way? I lose in... track of time when Ketchemeyer's on <laughs> with us. We're at end of three going into four here. Oh, man, all right. We have about a minute here. Do you have a, a quick one? Uh, oh yeah, let me pull up my zombie killer here. Uh, look, uh, this is a this is a, I don't know if it counts as news. This is from Craigslist. Um, looking for to form a zombie defense league. This is more like a it's more like a PSA, you know. Everyone out there, this is important. So, th- with zombie apocalypse coming in 2012, I'd like to form a league of zombie killers to protect our loved ones and friends. This says the announcement here is serious. <laughs> the first step is discovery, sharing our knowledge and ideas around the plague. I know rules, they're rock solid. Do they need some refinement? We have to prepare gathered required tools and resources to fight the scourge. We also need time to practice our skills and appropriate space to drill, uh, etc. So. Oh, okay. Well, get, get this. Uh, I'll, I'll make a start in on this uh, Ten Commandments in the News. We'll finish it up on the other side of this break. Um, but how about this? I have the third commandment because uh, the third commandment, you should remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, uh, deals with uh, the hearing of God's word and believing and trusting in that word. And so uh, if, uh, if, if we're <laughs> believing that the, that the end of the world comes by zombies, we're not, we're not <laughs> trusting in the word of God. Um, also, the, the first commandment, you should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Uh, and so that even if zombies are knocking at our door, uh, we fear, love, and trust in God alone. Uh, yeah, that's so. <laughs> true. What about this last line here? People, this is serious business. I'll have no hesitations to strike your undead head off your shoulders if you come for my brains. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might I, be I, fifth commandment. I think issue. that's a fifth commandment. Uh, <laughs> thou shalt not murder. <laughs> 
did you find this? Uh, what, what were you looking for? When, I, when I found it as a link to this on Steve Park's Facebook page. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think our friend Pastor Park says, I'm glad other people are as worried about the zombie apocalypse as I am. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this oh. segment. But don't worry. We're going to be right back on Table Talk Radio, continuing Ten Commandments in the news and the this is serious business conversation game. <laughs> don't go away. We'll be right back for more Table Talk Radio right after this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology, Seriously Bad Hosts. This is the song I was thinking of from the last segment. So what was that second bump we had in? Werewolves of London. You think so? <laughs> it at least has the same sort of uh, this is musical what, stylings. This is what happens when Lutherans had to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, we, we should play, the, uh, we, I, my brother and I always play uh, kind of a, a version of Bible B, but it's not about the Bible. What it would be, a, a radio B, and we flip through the radio stations and try to name the... A person singing the song. The problem is, if one person knows it, the other person doesn't. So you can never tell if they're right or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're in the middle of playing Ten Commandments in the news. Yeah. And uh, we just I, finished talking about the zombie killer. Zombie. Yes, I still have to do uh, Katka with that. And I think the yeah, e- yeah, easy you way. You know, to... I, I've been talking to a lot of people that just have really off the wall kookball ideas about stuff. Uh, and not like just me? you, Evan. Not just you. <laughs> uh, it's so, and th- you know, what do you? So, I mean, this is a. I, I want to hear what your response is because when you're when you're talking to someone and you'd like to have a normal conversation and you realize that this, you know, that they believe that in the cult of the magic mushroom or <laughs> in the alien apocalypse or in zombies or in vampires or I mean, this weird kind of stuff. It's uh, and the and the conversation kind of, you know, you feel like you're in cuckoo land. Uh, how do you how do you talk to someone about? Well, I think about the, the, the approach in Cuckoo Land is uh, that that of epistemology. That is, uh, how how do you know what's true? Where, where do you get this information? Um, and so, if, if they have some sort of a knowledge about some zombie apocalypse, uh, <laughs> ask them, well, how do you know that? Is that a reliable source? How, how did you find out about this? And then uh, we can tie that in to talk about how we know for sure that the revelation of God through Holy Scripture is true, that, uh, that, that, that Christ validates Scripture, and he was the one who rose from the dead. We have uh, historical evidence of the resurrection of Christ, and uh, he validates then the, 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 the Scriptures of the, of the Bible. And, uh, and so uh, I, I think this is a way to, to, to talk about what is reliable uh, revelation, what is uh, unreliable. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, uh, but uh, you're right. I, that's good. But normally, talking about a coo- well, <laughs> epistemology in cuckoo land is really sort of different. Uh, right. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it t- this is very, very difficult. Uh, 
the, these sort of conversations. I mean, perhaps even just to, uh, I mean, to 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 draw the person out of their worldview a little bit and just to think about themselves. I mean, try to give it. Uh, to talk about the law of God, or, or or even just to talk about death. I guess with zombies, the connection would be the zombies are the undead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- whatever that means. They're not dead, but they're not alive. They're, You know, the, I don't know. I, I'm not a, a zombie aficionado here. I mean, maybe we should... I mean, if, if we got the apocalypse coming in a couple of years, we should be ready. But, uh, but, uh, but to talk about death, you know, what does it mean to be undead? And and to maybe say this in the Bible, there's two types of death. There's physical death, but there's spiritual death. And to be spiritually dead is to be apart from Christ. So that Jesus, like Pastor Ketchumar was talking about that great Lazarus text in John 10, that Jesus says, "He who believes in me shall never die." So that perhaps that could be the, the this connection, because you see maybe in the zombie goofiness uh, some sort of uh, kind of the manifestation of the fear of the grave, the fear of death, etc., coming up. So, mm-hmm. yep, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's all the time we need to give to zombies. Um, okay, I have I have three choices for a uh, a news article here for you. All right. I have a CBS art uh, a CBS clip on Obama and the mosque in New York City. Hey, have, that was my uh, story, too. Oh, I just stole it from you. I have a Denver Post article that teen sex not always bad for school performance. <laughs> oh, um, or a Fox News thing that uh, um, uh, the, the, the title is that, that Twitter keeps the Bible short and sacred about a man who is Twittering the entire Bible. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, let's do this uh, mosque at ground zero one. All right, well, here is uh, uh, CBS News. Please have a seat. President Obama weighed in last night at a dinner marking the Muslim holiday of Ramadan on controversial plans to build a Muslim community center, including a mosque near Ground Zero. Muslims have the right to practice their religion as everyone else in this country. And that includes includes the right to build a place of worship in a community center on private property in lower Manhattan. A day later, the president said this. I will not comment on the wisdom of making a decision uh, to put a mosque there. I was commenting very specifically on the right that people have uh, that dates back to our founding. In a written statement that followed, the White House said, quote, It is not his role as president to pass judgment on every local project, but it is his responsibility to stand up for the constitutional principle of religious freedom and equal treatment for all Americans. In New York, the president's comments have drawn mixed reactions from families who lost loved ones in the September 11th attacks. I'm very proud of him that he's standing by all his citizens. You know, irrespective of their faith and race and ethnicity. Talat Hamdani's son died in the attacks rescuing others. Mohammed Salman was a 23-year-old EMT and New York City police cadet. Are we not American? Did we not sacrifice? Are not Muslims on the line in, in, in Iran, in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan? Not against people practicing the religion. I just don't think it should be in the shadows of the World Trade Center. Jim Rich's son, Jimmy, also died on 9-11. A New York City firefighter like his father, he lost his life saving others. Move it five or six blocks away, whatever, whatever the location is. But this is right on overlooking Ground Zero. 
We think it's wrong. The debate has sparked controversy and confusion over the details of the project. The planned complex will not actually sit at the Ground Zero site, but two blocks north. It will include a mosque, a library, fitness facilities, a restaurant, and a September 11th memorial, open to all. Last week, the project received final approval from the city, allowing it to move forward. But a recent poll found a majority of Americans, 68%, do not approve of building a mosque so close to the place where the World Trade Center towers fell. Jeff? Elaine Quijano in New York City. Elaine, thank you. All right, that's CBS News. Pastor? I think the essential question here, I mean, that, that the, the reason why this, there's not a matter of clarity on this issue uh, and the yeah, question buzzword. Oh, nice. Thank you. Sweet. I'll, I'll count. Uh, you don't get points from me using your buzzword. Okay. This, but to bring clarity on the, is this question: Is Islam a religion? I mean, that's a we. It's assumed in the words that the president speaks, and and in all this discussion of human rights and all this sort of stuff, that Islam is simply a religion. So that it it call all this stuff falls under the idea of religious freedom. The government cannot go to hinder someone from practicing their religion. But what happens if, rather than being a religion, the uh, Islam is understood more as a as a political movement, as a as something not in what we would call the right hand kingdom, uh, but rather in the left hand kingdom. What what if Islam is? Uh, is at its very root trying to establish through any means necessary through any struggle necessary is trying to establish a one world government now it's it would be quite convenient for the united states to uh, to treat islam like a religion uh when they on the other hand do not are not acting like a religion and are not really a religion and i think that's the essential thing here uh, and i'm convinced that islam is an is an ideology and not a religion, uh, and so it falls under a different category. It's not a matter of um, of religious freedom. Now it's a matter of uh, you know it's a, ma a matter of a political um, a political movement, which has at its core um, any sort of number of uh, uh, things that are uh, uh, that fly in the face of of our established society in the United States and all Western nations. But the problem is, so when we treat Islam like a religion and not like an ideology, then it falls under the religious freedom stuff, and then they can do all sorts of stuff under the guise of religious freedom, which has nothing to do with religion at all. For yeah. example, the, uh, I mean, you see all these Western countries allowing different uh, places to be governed by Sharia law, that is so that you, uh, that the law of society now gives way to a new law. And and that simply can't happen in an organized society. You have you have to have a you have to have a standard law that goes across all people. You can't have uh, different laws. But but to establish Islam is to establish Sharia law, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So commandments. Mm, this is tricky. Uh, this stuff with society and government has to be. Well, first of all, we start with Islam being a false doctrine. Uh, they have a false doctrine of God, false doctrine of Christ, false doctrine of um, of, of the of salvation, etc. So that is uh, false teaching, misuse of God's name, second and third commandment. But the the way when this comes into the political discussion, it's a fourth commandment thing because the fourth commandment is where the Lord establishes uh, through the gift of family, He establishes the gift of government. So so all these sort of conversations fall under the realm of the fourth commandment. 
Um, of course, uh, jihad would fall under the uh, the the question of the seventh of, of the fifth commandment: "You shall not kill." Uh, so that comes in there as well. All right. What if you had only 30 seconds to talk to someone about this in a casual casual conversation? Well, I think that I would try to bring this out. What what about Islam is religious? You realize that they don't have doctrine, uh, but rather simply all law uh, and no theology at all. And I think that's the place to start. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition Whoa, of Table Talk Radio. Uh, don't forget to check us out on our website, tabletalkradio.org. We want to hear from you. But thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like religious freedom under the Taliban. (laughs) You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.